Welcome back to the Marvel Movie Minute, a daily podcast which we disassemble a film from the Marvel Cinematic Universe into one-minute segments and then examine it in obsessive and occasionally hilarious detail. I'm Kyle Olson from the Swashbuckling Ladies Debate Society podcast. Hey, and I'm Rob Cabosco and Kyle. Yes, sir. We live in amazing times in terms of technology. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know, you know, we happen to be big Apple people. Yeah. Obviously, your mileage will vary. You have Samsung, <laughs> whatever, Microsoft, whatever, whatever your product of choice is that you choose to use. I know both of us are Apple Watch people. Mm-hmm. We wear our Apple Watches, right? Two things I want to point about the Apple Watch. One, incredible display technology. Uh, it, it, there's rumors that eventually in the future we'll have micro OLED displays on. It's incredible. And for those of you who've ever set up an Apple Watch, or you, I think this even the same thing with some of the other watches, there's a very interesting moment where you use your phone to take a picture, real-time picture of your watch, yes. and then they sync. What's basically happening is that your watch, this, and of course it's Apple, they mm-hmm. create this beautiful, moving sort of mm-hmm. animation. It's a QR code. Granted, <laughs> it's a ridiculous QR code, but still, at the end of the day, it's a QR code. And what's happening is, is that just like a lot of things, if you're familiar with uh, home automation systems right now, HomeKit, Google, whatever, Amazon, all these things have basically uh, symbols on them. Your phone in part of the setup process connects to that symbol. Basically, it scans that symbol. It's looking for a certain pattern of information. And then when it reconciles both this, this pattern that it thinks it's looking for and actually finding, that's how it creates the initial connection between the two devices. Hmm. Why do I bring that up? Why do you bring that up? We're we're going to be talking about that. It's going to sound like trickery, <laughs> but there's there's actually a moment in this minute that is fully based in real world technology that all of us have used on a day to day basis. Absolutely, and I actually I have I have a note about that too because uh, here we are, minute sixteen of Iron Man two from two thousand ten, directed by Mister John Favreau. Uh, we are still in the midst of the trial of Tony Stark, mm-hmm. and so we thought um, to get through this, we'll, we'll bring in our own legal expert. That's a great. A word. man who who, know, who knows his way around a podcast uh, from the next reel, Mr. Ray Delancey. Hey, hey, hey how's it going, guys? There you are. Have, great have to you have you. Any, uh, have great you had to any, be uh, here. Discussions ever with the Senate? Have you ever had to appear before Congress for any reason? Uh, I'm not allowed to talk about it. <laughs> That's a, yeah. It's red acted. So what? Uh, what is your uh, years? <laughs> statute of limitations um so what is your uh, history and your your experience with iron man 2 so iron man 2 i have seen every mcu movie mm-hmm. in its original theatrical run i'm nice. proud to say i haven't missed one yet iron man 2 i remember seeing when it came out and being like one of the only people that liked it <laughs> and uh, good man good man <laughs> I was I, I grew up on Marvel Comics, though Iron Man was never really one of them, except for when he appeared in the Avengers, though I did watch the 90s animated series with Tony oh, Stark yeah. and his amazing mullet. Right. And the thing, too, is that Iron Man was not really a prestige character at right. the time, even, even when the movie was going to be coming out. Like, he was sort of a, um, a backbencher. Yeah. So, but hey. look what he's become. I know. No, exactly. no, now shot to the top 10. Um, so, okay. So let's see. We are in the thing and we have, uh, we're still considering Rhodey's testimony. Uh, so he has been ordered to, they're going to show something. But we're not exactly sure what, uh, and he's still 
counseling caution to the senators. Uh, he says, I think it's somewhat premature to reveal these images to the general public at this time. And of course, Senator Stern is just like, yeah, yeah, whatever. Just show, put the, put the, put the pretty pictures up on the screen. Let's go. Um, yeah. Let's see it. <laughs> so, yeah. So they, they like, they, they label this weaponized suit intelligence. Now, for our younger viewers, they might not know what this is an homage to. Uh, for those of you who did not live through the the very very strange time after September 11th, uh, there was uh, this this same kind of thing. So these the images that we see are very clearly homages to the the images that were shown to the American public as saying Saddam Hussein has weapons of mass destruction and we need to, to get in and go and do that. And of course, antics ensued. Uh, but the, <laughs> very clearly, like this is exactly what they're they're going for. And, and I guess by the time we got to 2009, when they shot this, I guess that it was okay to just be like, "Hey, we know that <laughs> it was it was no longer too soon." I, yeah, I thought no that was pretty soon. interesting, yeah. right? <laughs> <laughs> like, like, yeah. I think, and that, and I, I mean, I don't remember. I think this is probably one of the first times where we saw these kind of images used in a irreverential way. Right. Absolutely. So yeah. Yeah, and and that's not to make light of the situation. Obviously, no, of course all of not, us who yeah. lived through these things, no, we totally understand. But this is no, they they've got this sort of with these grainy satellite images, and we'll talk about as we get through the next minute or two, the, the grainy footage. This is all meant to show, like, oh, look, the government. Clearly, the government knows what's happening. Yeah, I mean, look yeah. look at how fantastic their intelligence is. They have right. pictures, and they have enhanced those pictures. Uh, so Rody says these are attempts at making manned copies of Mr. Stark's suit. This has been corroborated by our allies. It's like once again, even the language choice is very deliberate. Um, but then, uh, then things take a turn for the interesting because we get some <laughs> Tony Tech here because uh, Tony gets to flex his little uh, Stark technologies here. Uh, so, through this wall of BS. That's right. And so he's like, "Oh, you, this is what you're going to come at me with? Like the grainy images?" Uh, well, let me show you what, is, what we're working at. So uh, let, let's talk about what, what happens here. So uh, well, I, I have my notes in, into two different uh, things. First of all, the RDJ side and then the Tony Stark side. So what is Robert Downey Jr. holding in his hand? So I found an article from Forbes called mm -hmm. The Story Behind Iron Man 2's Transparent Phone. Mm -hmm. And also they talk, they talk about this in the commentary as well. Uh, John Favreau says, we need to have him not just pull out a regular phone like he had in Iron Man. We wanted to have what would the future phones be? It's like, oh, clearly it's just a piece of glass. So he contacted the, the, the people behind the scenes and said, this is what I want. So he contacted Russell Bobbitt, who's the film's property master, and they, so they made this thing. So it's a real piece of glass, and then it has a plastic frame around it, which he created using a 3D printer. And then he took it, and then he etched the Stark logo on the glass, and he also etched... LG Electronics logo yeah. on there too because <laughs> they're going to write you a check. You got to. <laughs> I mean, no, and right there, right there, the funniest Emotional. thing about that is, you know, like, oh, yeah, this is a phone, like, LG is going to build this phone. No, I mean, <laughs> come on. And that's not a slight to LG. I'm saying any manufacturer, this is something that Stark himself probably would have designed. It, yes. He didn't need to go to any. I, phone I would maker. expect that right. this, is, this is Stark Phone 1. And yes. there are no others. Like, I don't right. think, you know, I don't think Pepper's <laughs> carrying one. I don't think right. Brody's carrying one. Uh, so I think this is the one and only one. Because it seems like it's not only a phone, but it's also like a server, or at least connecting to the cloud. Right. Uh, places down, because I don't think he would have all this stuff on there. I assume he has his own proprietary, you know, uh, 
Wi-Fi technology or whatever that he's going directly to his his server right. going through. So then, what's the, so let's talk about then what's Tony Stark holding? Um, so they they just call it the Stark smartphone. It doesn't have a cool name or designation. It's not the Mark oh. Five or you know anything. It's just the smartphone. Um, so he has. So as he pulls it up, we get a zoom in, and so I found the company that made this, and they have a really great web page talking about their work on it. It's a it's a motion graphics company called perception they're based out of new york and they have a whole web page dedicated to the work they did on this including the stark expo logo that we were talking about in previous episodes they did all that and and, they'll, and we'll be referring to this more because they did a bunch of other stuff in the future too but so they they actually showed not only what is on the screen like they they, they shared their images they created for the screen but they showed their prototypes as well so like they said here's the 10 versions we gave them and what they went through so you got to see all these different versions and very square and angular stuff too and so they they finally decided on the sort of round spinning because they were they had to match what robert downey jr was doing with the actual phone because he was really holding that in his hand those were his hands that's his phone he's really doing all stuff and they had to match the graphics to what he was doing with the phone, oh, wow. <laughs> which is like a whole different level of, of uh, technology stuff. It's hard enough to make uh, cool graphics, but to have them like timed to that and have them be in like a quarter of the screen as you're doing it. Yeah. Perception, man. They're, they're serious. So uh, on his home screen, then he has eight icons. So going through some from top row and then bottom row. So the top row has Monaco. That's on the top left. So obviously he's planning his trip to Monaco. The second one is prototype, and it has a picture of the Iron Man helmet and a suitcase. Uh, so that's going to be important. <laughs> Those two things are going to be very important later. Uh, the next one is a shield logo with a uh, shield on it. Uh, and then the top right corner is Illuminati. We're going to get into that. Uh, uh, then the next row uh, is engineering, then Stark Expo, Senate, and then quarter three earnings. <laughs> that was great. So apparently knowing he would have to do this, like he already has the Senate stuff cleaned up. But let's let's dig into a little bit on that on that top row. So what is the Illuminati? Ray, are you familiar with Illuminati from Marvel Comics? Uh, not terribly. Okay. Uh, only <laughs> from hearing it. So Illuminati is, is, is a group that was come up with by Brian Michael Bendis. So yeah, so sit back everybody because it's story time. Um, so Brian Michael Bendis, uh, I, I, I didn't mean you guys, like I'm at the audience oh. themselves. Oh, I was, I was getting comfortable. <laughs> no, I'm really yeah. looking forward to this. Yeah, please so go ahead. Was, uh, Brian Michael Bendis came up with the idea and he was thinking like, okay, there's all these really powerful people who are in charge of factions. Like, I mean, there's Professor X has the X-Men and stuff too. And there it has to be like them have to communicate with each other in times we don't see. So he sort of did this uh, retroactive continuity retcon, as we call it, uh, where he went back and said, after the Kree Skrull war, which is an, a, a can of worms, I'm not going to open here because the show can only be so long. Um, they, all these major players got together and said, look, world events are going to happen. We represent our individual groups. We need to be on the same page and, and sort of, I'll be moving in the same direction when bad things like this happen. So that group was Tony Stark, Professor X of the X-Men, Black Bolt, leader of the Inhumans, Doctor Strange, Reed Richards of the Fantastic Four, and Namor, the Submariner. Uh, and, and also in that same room was Black Panther. So when they were together, so Tony said, like, we're going to be our own little super-powered UN. Uh, and so we're going to, like, other stuff. And Black Panther went, 
this is a terrible idea. Like getting you guys together to secretly decide what everyone should do is terrible. Like having no oversight, no connection to the public. This is going to go badly for you all. Good luck. I'm out. And T'Challa like walked out like, no, not going to happen. Turns out smartest man in that room uh, because it actually did go wrong. So the nice thing about the Illuminati series is that it shows this group meeting in secret over the course of Marvel history, leading up until their, their disastrous last meeting, which is uh, Tony Stark went, Hey, this Hulk guy, he seems to be a problem. I think we should just kick him off the planet. And he managed to convince all the rest of the Illuminati, like, yeah, kicking Hulk off the planet is probably the best idea. So they loaded him up in a ship and shot him into space. <laughs> and so like, they're like, bye. Like, good luck on the small garden planet we've picked out that you live the rest of your life on. Uh, and so, like, uh, off he goes. But turns out he didn't go there. He went to Sakar, And uh, basically you saw a version of that uh, in Hulk Ragnarok. I thought Ragnarok. Uh, but it was way, way worse because it was like a oh. planet where he had to be Hulk all the time because everything was so violent and vicious and, and powerful that if he turned a banner, he would be killed in the seconds. So he had to be Hulk all the time. And so Hulk ended up developing as a, as a, uh, as a leader. So he became like a gladiator and then he became a general. And like, cause he got, he had to get smarter and smarter because everything around him was stronger than him. So he had to become smarter than them too. So by the time he decided Hey, I'm gonna go back to Earth and talk to these guys. When I down, he was like this military general with an army behind him, and so that caused World War Hulk. Uh, Wait, you fantastic. you forgot about the part where he uh, falls in love oh, with yes, uh, the love. queen, That's and right. then the queen is killed, child. and then the, and then the queen is killed because they hit a bomb on the ship that he flew That's in. That's right. Yeah, <laughs> I, 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 that Tony Stark had designed the ship to never be able to be repaired. So oh, when he, wow. he went back to the ship, like, oh well, we'll just use the ship and we'll repair it. Tony, like, an image of Tony Stark goes on, like, oh yeah, sorry, Bruce, I want to make sure you didn't get home, and blew it up and killed Hulk's wife. Jeez, I mean, seriously, it's so. <laughs> and so crazy. then he's like, okay, now you're all gonna die. Like, <laughs> he even oh. beat the crap out of the Silver Surfer in that kind of. Like, oh really yeah. Good. So yeah, pla- that, that became Planet Hulk, and then when he came back to Earth, it was World War Hulk, and yeah, it was all it, all because of the Illuminati and the arrogance of Tony Stark. Which we have on display here. So, <laughs> story time is over. Now we. No wait. Now let's. Now let's. Okay. Yeah, I highly recommend both those comics. The Illuminati. Just oh yeah. Series and uh, Planet Hulk or Greg Pak is a fantastic author. Yeah, check it out. So is this Easter egg of this? And this actually just a few months ago, I think. What about six months ago? This yeah. became a big. This it was, went our, viral. It was our own Andy Nelson who pointed it out to us. Exactly. That line had found it, and he said, "You guys need to talk about this." So what is this? Is this just a wink, wink? Hey, it's just a wink, wink. I, well, it could be that what we're seeing, especially in this movie, probably more than almost any other Marvel movie, is loaded with threads that never went anywhere. So yeah. I think this is one of them. I think it's one of those like, huh? We put it in there like, we're going to talk about this. And then they went, no, we're never going to talk about that again. Could you like, imagine, though? The Ten Rings are going to be a big deal. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Could you imagine, though, if they did do either a Disney Plus series, like a short-term series, or even a film based on this that, like you said, went back and retconned certain things that have happened in the first 23 Marvel movies, MCU movies? If they if they introduce you know let's say they introduce Namor like obviously Fantastic Four we know is is probably coming like probably Phase right, Five right. like it's it's soon but like let's say they introduce Namor and they went oh yeah Namor's been here the whole time and then they go back and show 
Tony Stark and Namor and like all all these guys who have been there like they've been they knew each other T'Challa like they all were there and had this conversation like they've had these conversations over the course of it and you get to see them talking about Thanos before Infinity War and yeah. and and then you find out there was a secret program on a certain Quinjet and that secret program was oh, designed right. to take a certain passenger to a right Jeez, look at that rob, rob his movies that would be great because that that's that is one of the big unanswered questions of, oh they, my god they surfaced not, not even space where the quinjet end up way out in sakar oh wow <laughs> that's pretty good that's <laughs> totally nuts Here's so something just to note about this, and yeah. obviously this perception, this perception website, the people who designed this, kudos yeah. to them. Yeah. You know how much we love the graphic design work that definitely. goes in behind the scenes. These guys did everything. When you go to their website, definitely check it out. Experienceperception.com, as we said. Yeah. Okay. Fully realized user interface for this phone. And yeah. you know, and you go on the technology of the phone. I mean, transparent LED and LCD technology is a real thing. It's been around for 15, 20 years. It's got huge applications in virtual reality, augmented reality, retail, yeah. everything. This is all real. Can absolutely happen. Yes. Now, and there's a little difference between LCD, not to go on a deep nerd dive. <laughs> LCD is reflective like technology. Yeah, this exactly. This is what the show is about. <laughs> Different kind okay. of nerd. This will right. LCD is reflective. LED has its own light. This is most likely a transparent LED or transparent OLED display. Um, but when you look at the screenshot, here's what I love about this. Let's not let's not dwell on where's the power source for this. Uh, it's in the puzzle. <laughs> I, I don't know. Where's the process? Like how does that all work in just that tiny little dis- frame? It's Whatever. Right. I'm not even going to get. I'm not even. It's wireless power. I don't know. It's it's taking the power <laughs> off oh, his reactor in his chest. It's from the yes. reactor. <laughs> right. So let's just say that. Look at the interface. What I love about when you went down these these icons, mm-hmm. this is the this is absolutely the phone of an eccentric incredibly intelligent multi-billionaire yeah. because it's not filled with junk. No. His eight icons are the things he's doing next. It's the only stuff that's important to him. And if you look at the lower part of the interface, you can almost, you can't really see it on the, in the clip because it's obscured by his thumb. It's got an Iron Man. It's got a shield. There's a heart monitor. Mm-hmm. There's some networking stuff, mail and phone. That's it. This guy is focused. He's not messing around doing yeah. ridiculous stuff with his phone. There's no can't. Yeah, I mean, like with the cameras. No Angry Birds. No, there's no Angry. There's no. At the well, time, that was a, you know, that was a hot thing. Sure. Oh, that's good pull. <laughs> good pull right there. No, I mean it really is focused oh, and, on what he's got to do. Does actually exist in the MCU too? Because they actually have mentioned it at one point. Oh, that's right. That's true. Um, okay, and then just from a technical side, in terms of how this scene is produced. Okay, here's what I love. You know how you mentioned? Okay, that he's playing with a piece of glass here, and they're they're filling all in the graphics and matching it to his motions. Mm-hmm. You also notice. They even went in and added the reflection on his skin. You can actually <laughs> wow. see the blue glow from the screen. Now, I, that could have been a practical effect. Like, you know, right. they've done that with lightsabers and stuff when they make Star Wars movies. I don't think it is. I think that was just post-production. Incredibly great work. Incredible matting work because it looks absolutely real. And it's fantastic. For sure. Yeah, yeah these guys did a great job. 
Yeah. So we we see then when he he brings up I, that's I love I love augmented reality and that's what the whole Iron Man helmet is. But like virtual reality, eh, keep it. Like, but right. augmented reality, oh man. And so when he does it, when he brings it up, it basically switches into auxiliary, you know, AR mode, and then he targets where he wants to go, and then and then hits the override, and, and basically does. Rob, it's basically airplay. He does a forced airplay. And wait, and this is what I was saying. You'd say to yourself, well, how, what's the reality of that? No, hold on. Here's what it's doing. It's looking at the image that's on the TV. It's looking for the same electromagnetic pattern a device would be producing to produce that image. It is literally, the. it, it is just a far more complicated QR code. That yeah. is an actual thing that could happen. Because if those displays are putting out a certain pattern of electricity to create that image, right. his device is actually ma is matching the pattern to what it sees, to what it's emitting, and that's how he can contain control of it. That's yeah, real it, technology. It says commandeering system and then U.S. Senate monitor network. So basically, like, his <laughs> has found the U.S. Senate monitor network and is now taking over. And it's interesting because it's targeted because you see him do it on the one and then swing over to the other one. Yes. So it's not like this is not broadcasting everywhere. Like he's just basically no. sending it to those two monitors. So everyone in the room, all the press can see this as well. Uh, and then it says Stark Industries terminal hijack system. I love that <laughs> he took the time <laughs> to name it. <laughs> like he, he actually has a Stark Industries terminal hijack system. <laughs> Did you see? I think this is in one of the other screenshots. And again, this is from the Perception website. Yeah. In one of their non-use screenshots, it's actually called Star Stark Jack Beta 1.0. <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's actually a term for his ability to do this that's too funny why uh, did they never use that ever again right because right? he could have done yeah. that for anything he could have been in Times well, Square throw an image up on the buildings technically he does because when he oh so this is well, this is thank you Ray um, in Avengers when Captain America is facing off against when he Loki plays the ACDC through the speakers on the Quinjet. Oh, so he does come and he commandeers the system. And obviously later on in Avengers, he actually commandeers their system and uses it to, to dig in. But yeah, he does. He literally right. like, hacks in. So they, they're hearing ACDC over the speakers on the Quinjet. Yeah. Nice. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Good. And, I, and also I love you in ASCII. He has written welcome yeah. Mr. Stark. <laughs> <laughs> He's such a hacker nerd. <laughs> This is just, I, I mean, I love this scene yeah. because even, okay, and here's the thing is as he's doing all this, uh -huh. you know, it's clipping back and forth between obviously Senator Sturm, who's just like, yep. what are you doing? What, what are you doing? On? What's happening? But then you've, you've got these great shots of of Hammer and and um, Rhodey, and Rhodey's yeah. just like, oh, God, you're going <laughs> to make this worse. <laughs> and, of course, Hammer, not realizing what's about to happen, yeah. we'll talk about in the next minute, yeah. Hammer's just like, oh, you're showing off. You yeah. son of a... So, so Tony says, hold on a second, buddy. And then he does it hacks in and says, boy, yeah. I'm good. I've commandeered your screens. I need them. Time for a little transparency. Let's see what's really going on. If you'll direct your attention to said screens, I believe that's North Korea. And so he shows the footage. And the footage, we see this giant robot come teetering out of a of a hangar and then like falls over it while, while shooting and even ends up shooting the cameraman. You see blood splatter on there too. So... No. This is actually uh, test footage that they that another video effects company. This uh, this is in the commentary. He says another video effects company like sort of wanted to work on Iron Man, and so they sent in this stuff. So he like they 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 came to them and said, "This is what we want. Show us what you can do." They sent it to them, and they're like, "Yeah, it's great. 
not good enough to be in the movie, but I mean, not to be to get the, the gig, but we're still going to use the footage. So they bought the footage from them. And then Perception put the North Korean filter over the top with all the numbers and everything. Uh, and then they used it for that. So, like, <laughs> so that they, they were basically like given this job. They did the one job. They didn't get the big gig, but they still got their footage to be in there. He did not unfortunately say who it was that did that. So if you know out there. What special effects house uh, put this in there? I would like to know. Uh, this they said this was inspired by RoboCop. They wanted to have a ungainly sort of robot. You know, <laughs> you know that was actually my first out. thought when I saw that was Ed Two Hundred Nine. Yeah, that's exactly what it was inspired by. We're okay. We're we're going to talk about that in the next minute. Yeah, spoilers. But because because I've saved it for then. But you know what I thought about this was this particular robot reminded me of the big robot from Doctor Who. There's the famous oh. during Tom Baker, Tom Baker's uh, seasons, okay. and they have a robot that looks just like this, <laughs> like it, smaller, but the same sort of sensibilities in terms of design and stuff. But yeah, this is great. Okay, wait, great story that they do the work. They don't get the right? job. And they're like, well, that that's a bummer. Hey, but, wait, yeah. we're, you're still in the movie. Yeah. <laughs> you're still going to get some money. And- <laughs> Favreau just made up guy. I mean, you know, he cut Olivia Munn out, gave her another role. Same thing. This company didn't uh, use them, but still put their footage in the movie. So they could still say, we've got footage in Iron Man 2. Nicely okay. done. There so, is one that, thing I have to point out here. Yeah, go ahead. Okay, so Tony uses his technology to look at what they have at the Senate hearing, the you know blurred images, what have you, and actually enhancing them to see, oh, it's not really what it seems. Can you imagine what he could do outside of you know what they're doing at the senate hearing like he could expose bigfoot or he could expose <laughs> Nessie. <laughs> that's true so he really has the power to do anything he's got I would imagine that, like he like so it's usually because this shows like how much work he's been doing behind the yeah. scenes you know because like he had access to this like oh you want to see some stuff and like brought it up right away probably was in that senate folder like just in case this should happen right absolutely so and then and that's where the minute comes to an end. Yeah, blood splattered. Yep. On whatever camera lens yeah. that was, frightening. Oh, all right. Yeah. yeah so we'll, we'll see. We'll see more of uh, Tony Stark's hacking technology in minute seventeen. Uh, so make sure you tune back in for that. Uh, in the meantime, if you want to see what's going on with. Uh, next reel and all of our family of podcasts you can do so on instagram we are at the next reel and we're putting up all kinds of stuff we we post pretty much every day there's all kinds of stuff going on there there'll be tons of marvel movie minutes stuff coming out there we're putting clips from the show we're putting cool images uh we're we're doing our best to get onto the gram so help us out follow us at the next reel so thank you ray can you hang out for a little while longer as the as the trial continues you bet i can Fantastic. All right. So Ray's going to be here. So you need to be back here for minute 17. Enough said. Bye. See ya.